Welcome to Knowledgeable Aging. I'm your host, Jason Kotar. Joining us today to talk about four ways to fight fatigue is Kathy Richards. Kathy is an exercise physiologist, wellness coach, and best-selling author of Boom, Six Steps to a Longer, Healthier Life. After working in both corporate and senior living settings, Kathy's signature programs focus on maximizing physical health, brain function, and energy levels for all ages with a unique message of never too early, never too late. As a professional speaker, Kathy unlocks key mindset shifts and strategies for lasting motivation and lifestyle change. She has been featured on numerous TV news stations and print publications, including the Washington Post. How are you doing today, Kathy? I'm good, Jason, how are you? Doing very well, well thank you for being here today. Before yeah. we get started, um, for all those joining us today, if you have any questions, type those into the box and time permitting, we will do everything in our power to get those questions answered. So Kathy, let's get started. Four ways to fight fatigue. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely um, something that we all deal with about thinking about our energy level and how we can feel better as we age. And, you know, one of the things that I like to um, pose to audiences when I talk is I like to ask the question, what type of 85 year old do you want to be? And when people think about that, they're like, you know, they're, they're wondering. And, and I like to reinforce that it's the habits that we're doing now that have the greatest impact, not only on how we age, but on our energy level right now. And when we think about fatigue, um, it's, you know, we, we, we think about those times when we're just so exhausted, but there are times when we just have a little bit of fatigue that we might not realize that these, there are four factors that independently might not seem like a very big deal, but when they all roll in together, they can spell either energy or, you know, being totally exhausted. And um, so when we, when we look at the first factor, the first one I like to knock off out of the way uh, in the beginning because it's the most obvious one and that is sleep, of course. So, but when we think about sleep, the problem is that as a society, we're always stealing um, daytime, nighttime hours for daytime activities. Like when we think about uh, getting eight hours of sleep, we think, oh, that's for people who aren't as busy as me. And when we, 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 and when we decide to either stay up later at night or get up early in the morning, we're missing the opportunity to get the kind of sleep that is what's going to not only help us have uh, more energy, but it's going to help us consolidate our memories. It's that one of the things that we know helps be the time when our brain is clearing plaques from our brain cells. It's the time when we are able to be rejuvenated and for our brain to actually shut down and rest. So when we get enough sleep, that is one of the, the things that we really want to do the most. And there are some strategies, Jason, that help us with our habit of trying to get more sleep. Um, it also is great for our immune system. Our immune system gets suppressed when we don't get enough sleep. So one of the first steps that we can do is to try to reduce our screen time when it gets close to bedtime. A lot of us tend to scroll through our phones as the last thing we do before we go to bed. Um, and you know, a lot of us now, I'm guilty of this too, I use my phone as my alarm clock. So if you're using your phone as your alarm clock, then it's right there next to you all the time and that's what ends up having the biggest um, you know, temptation to come back and to uh, to, to use that even just um, when we're, you know, when we're, uh, you know, when we might want to not. And you know, I'm going to hear Jason, I'm going to stop sharing my screen here because uh, um, are we back to being full size? Yes. 
We're good. Okay. Yeah, unfortunately, okay. it just wasn't more, working. More, That's okay. Conversational thing. Um, Perfect. The next thing would be to think about setting more standard bedtime and waking hours. When we have a lot of inconsistencies in our sleep and our wake time, that can really uh, mess us up. A lot of times we like to use the phrase, I want to catch up on my sleep. But that doesn't, our bodies don't really work that way. Um, having a more consistent amount of sleep throughout the week and a more consistent time when we rise and, and when we go to bed is going to be more helpful um, about our sleep cycle and fighting fatigue. So the second factor for fighting fatigue is actually stress. And when we think about the major stressors in our life, like if you have a death in the family or you lose a job or you have big financial stresses, a lot of people are having those, those right now, you know that they utterly drain you, right, when you have a significant stressor in your life. And what we don't always realize is sometimes it's those daily small stressors that can have an impact on our energy level as well. So when you have those, those little things that are just – constant little stressors that you think, oh, this is not a big deal, that one's not a big deal. But in totality, when you add everything together, they really have an impact on your energy. So when we're looking for stress management strategies, one of the most uh, invaluable ones happens to be exercise, which is one of my favorite things to talk about. And they don't call it nature's antidepressant for nothing. So uh, anytime you're moving your body, you're going to be increasing endorphins. You're going to be able to um, build your energy that way. And I'm wondering if anyone can relate to the idea that sometimes when you're out for a walk or you're just moving your body, it's one of the times when you come up with the best ideas. And the reason for that is that when you think about the way our brain functions, the right side of the brain, left side of the brain, when you have real detailed work that you need to get done, it's best in a concentrated setting, right? When you're sitting down saying, I'm, I need to, to do this spreadsheet. But when you have creative work that needs to be done, then a lot of times your brain, that part of your brain that you need for creative functions is going to function better when you are in a relaxed setting, when you're out moving your body, doing something like that. Like I, I know that whenever I've sat down at my desk and said, I got to think of a new title for this seminar I'm going to teach. It's not going to come to me then. It's going to come to me when I'm out walking later that day. So think about when you uh, when you're moving your body, how that can impact your stress level and just really open yourself up to a lot more of those feel good hormones. Uh, other strategies for reducing your stress are things like journaling and things like deep breathing. Um, when we are under stress, our liver is producing more cholesterol, our blood pressure is going up. There's a lot of things that are happening inside our body with hormones and with bodily functions that you can't see. So a lot of times we tell ourselves, oh, I'll control, you know, I'll, I'll figure out um, once this big project is over, or I'll, I'll relax once I send this kid off to college, or when this project is done, or when this, it's always later. When we really need to think about how am I going to manage the stress during these things? So um, a great example is this pandemic. So here we are when we thought we were going to be, people thought they'd be quarantined for two weeks. That was one thing. 
Okay, but now when we're thinking about, hey, we might be living our lives a certain way that's different for a year or so, really requires different skills, different stress management strategies that we want to be able to maintain during this whole time. Yep. So um, additional stress management strategies would be things like yoga, things like massage, uh, calling a friend, you know, all these kind of things that, that we think of like, oh, I know that, I know that. But actually doing it and thinking about managing our stress during um, things that are going on with us instead of after. Um, so, and now we're getting on to number three, and there's a little overlap because I was talking about exercise, but inactivity is the third thing that really causes fatigue. So when we think about what's going to fight fatigue, it's activity, it's moving our bodies. And we all have heard the old phrase, an object in motion tends to stay in motion, right? And an object at rest tends to stay at rest. When we are inactive, don't you just feel like sliding farther and farther down into your chair, right? Like you might be sitting at your desk and you're slumped over and you're like, I just don't want to get up. Yeah. Is that, you know, so when you think about that, it's um, really something that, that happens to us when we tell ourselves, you know, it's that chicken and egg question. I know exercise is going to give me more, more energy, but I don't have the energy to exercise. So <laughs> it's like, all right. You know, what am I going to do here? So the strategy is small steps. In yeah. fact, the strategy for almost everything is small steps, really. So it's just getting up and moving. In fact, you know, sometimes when I give recommendations for someone who wants to start exercising but doesn't know where to start, I often say, take a walk after dinner. Just go for a five-minute walk after dinner. So, Jason, what do you think the most common question or, or uh, people, people say what they say to me um, to say, when I say take a five-minute walk after dinner to start an exercise routine? Well, I got to clean the dishes, so I don't know what everybody else tells you. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. After you do the dishes, some people say, well, what's that? Good. What good Zach going to do? It's only five minutes. Uh, well, it gets the habit going, right? Okay. And it's the habit that is more important than the content for almost anything that we do. Because um, when we try to go like gangbusters in the beginning and we try to do it all, it's you know, we, we end up shooting ourselves in the foot because it's not sustainable. Yeah. But when I talk about exercise and, and um, I like to make the analogy of a magic pill because there's more benefits in exercise than in any other single thing we can do. I mean, in more categories of our life, exercise improves brain function, it helps you lose weight, it reduces back pain, it helps you sleep better. It helps your joints. It, it helps your mental health. It's it's just, I mean, you could list, I could list 100 reasons. And one of the biggies is giving you energy. So today we're talking about what are the four big things that we can do to have more energy, to fight that fatigue, and it is to move your body. We need that circulation. We need that oxygen to go to our brains, to go to our muscles. So when we spend all day sitting, that energy goes down, so getting up and down a lot during the day is helpful rather than sitting for extended periods of time um, and looking for those ways that you can move. So um, I know I'm talking a mile a minute here. Uh, so we've, we've gone through three things, right? We talked about stress and we talked about sleep. That was the first one. And we talked about activity level. So the fourth one is often the one that surprises people. So and that's the factor of hydration. 
So when we are tired, often we're thirsty. Our body is dehydrated. And so when we look at our hydration levels and our habits, those are one of the things that we really can have an impact on. Now, when our cells are plumped up and keeping our, the, the cellular activity just buzzing along, we're going to feel better. And so the, uh, the, the idea of staying hydrated, is, it's a daily struggle. I mean, it's something that you have to do on an ongoing basis, but there are some tips that can really help. And the, the, the first one, actually, I, I, I learned this from one of my kids when he was in cross-country season, right? His coach would tell him to, like, to, to drink a whole water bottle about you know, half an hour or an hour before your, the, the, they were supposed to leave to go to their practice. And so what I kind of modify that to is the first thing I do in the morning, the, very, the first thing I do sometime in, within the first half hour of getting up and just getting myself dressed is I do drink an entire water bottle. I, I just, and it has to be somewhat room temperature. I mean, it's really hard to guzzle cold water, right? But but yeah. room temperature water is a little bit easier. And just to, to really flood your body with a whole lot of water in the first half hour of when you wake up. Um, and that is kind of gets you started. And, and sipping all day long, you're not going to quite get the hydration always that you, that you, that you need. Um, and then set another goal. My goal is to drink another whole water bottle at some point during the day. Um, in fact, if I, I have it with me during my workout, I find that I don't need to drink that much during my workout itself when I've already drank a whole water bottle. But drinking that second one sometime during the day and then drinking a whole nother one in the evening. So having the equivalent of like three large water bottles full of water during the day is one of the ways you can stay hydrated. Um, and that's going to really help with your energy. So when you think about those four things working together, then we have the best chance of really having more energy to meet our days. And um, I know they seem like um, sometimes simple things, and but we often know these things, but it's getting them into practice is a whole nother story. And there is um, you know, kind of a, a story that I heard a speaker talk about once, and I don't remember which of the shuttle launchings it was, but one of the space shuttles that, that was disastrous when they went into and they had engineers go in and trying to de determine why it failed, it wasn't any one big thing. It was like 75 tiny things that separately are no big deal, but in totality and together spell disaster. And that's one of the things that is quite often the case with our health and how our energy level and how we feel. Not drinking enough water, oh, that's not that big of a deal. I'm not moving much, well, that's, you know, that's not that big of a deal. I'm not getting enough sleep, that, you know, all these little things um, that sometimes I like to say, you know, that old phrase, everything I needed to know I learned in kindergarten. So, I mean, this isn't rocket science. I haven't discovered, we need to drink more water. We all know that. But the, the, I've focused my business on motivating, helping to motivate my clients to figure out what are the small steps that I can do. First of all, what's, what's important and why? Because sometimes when you understand a little bit more of why these things are important, it helps us, right? And we know we've heard them, but when we understand why, hey, my liver is producing more cholesterol. Hey, while I'm doing this, you know, XYZ is happening in my body. Oh my gosh, maybe 
I really should pay more attention to that. Wow, when I am not getting enough sleep, you know, my brain is is not able to, to consolidate its memory. Sometimes we start paying attention to these things a little more when we know the why. Um, but then figuring out what are the small steps that are sustainable that I can do over time. Question, as we age, do these recommendations, like you said, it's, a, it's I don't say a lot of little things, but four relatively minor things that lead to the fatigue, right? So as we get older, how do these recommendations change? You know, Jason, it's a good question. It's I, The reason why I love talking about relating this stuff to aging, it's not so much that the recommendations change, but that they okay. become more important to actually implement into our lives. When we are younger, a lot of times we find that we rebound more quickly from poor habits. You know, we, we can stay up all night. You know, I will say that my college kids and my high school kids, they fool all-nighters, and, you know, there's this, this I mean, they're just, they, they function okay on no sleep. I, on the other hand, I always tell them if they need my help, ask me before 8.30 p.m. <laughs> my, my, brain starts, my brain starts going down, down, down after about 8.30 at night. So we, we do find that all of these things um, become more important as we age because our reserves are a little bit less and we just, um, you know, we, we we, we need to pay a little more attention. We're more likely to have the aches and pains. Our bodies, are, are, uh, our muscles become a little more constricted. Um, it's, it's, it's the accumulation over time. Um, one of the things I love to talk about regarding exercise is that in the 20, I mean, that's 20 years, in the 60-year snapshot between your 20s and your 80s, the average person loses half of their leg strength. Okay, so and that's not due to the physiological aging process. That's due to the gradual inactivity that typically comes with aging. So that's why being more active as we age is more important because you've already lost all this muscle. And you didn't have to. If you're exercising, doing strength training the whole time, you can preserve it. But most of us are not having these great habits. And we're like, oh, my goodness, what happened? 20 more years went by. And then, you know, and 10 more years went by. So, so we really want to, to, to try to pay attention to these, these things as we age. Uh, I want to follow up on that about exercise. So is there an exercise that you find to be or exercise that you find to be more important than others? You know, I think strength training is one of the most important things that we can do as we age. And that's not to say that cardio vascular exercise and stretching aren't important. They both, they're all three important, but I, but I know that, when you are, can't get out of a chair, you're, you're gonna, your mobility is going to be limited. You, you really want to build our strength. So uh, one of the sample exercises I love to do with some of my clients who are getting older and losing some strength in their legs is just a simple sit to stand. So if you are sitting in a chair, if you cross your arms over your chest and stand up, can you do it without pushing off your chair? And if you can, can how many can you do in 30 seconds? and try to keep building that up. Um, fatigue, how can that relate to brain health? I know we haven't talked about, we, a little bit, on touched on brain health. What, what's the impact of fatigue on in brain health? Well, you know, our brains get tired too. <laughs> and you know, our brains need oxygen, our brains need blood flow, our brains function purely on carbohydrate. So, for instance, um, there, there's something called the blood-brain barrier, and so carbohydrate is the only fuel source 
that can get into our brain. So, you know, um, and, and, and the way that sometimes someone might, might know that is if you've ever watched a marathon, been a spectator at a marathon, and you see all these people crossing the finish line, crossing the finish line. If you've ever seen a person trying to come towards the finish line who looks like they have just gone bonkers, they can't even have control over their, over their bodies anymore, they're just like totally falling all over the place, that's because they've, they've bonked out with, it's, that's not the technical term, <laughs> you know, they, their brain, they have no more carbohydrate, no more blood sugar in their system because they've just run for 26 miles. So when you hear that term carb loading, if you're just going down the street, you don't need to fill up your gas tank, right? But if you're going a really long distance, you need a full gas tank. So the, the idea of having enough carbohydrate, enough blood sugar, um, is one of the things that you need to keep in your system for something so long as a marathon. So if you're out of blood sugar, your brain can't function. So that's kind of one of the connections between fatigue and brain function is that you need to have enough fuel in the tank. If you're not having enough quality foods and carbohydrates, your brain is not going to function. So I didn't talk about nutrition as one of the fatigue fighters, but again, that can be part of it too. Um, if Right now, the low-carb diets are all the rage, right? So, I, and the only thing that's really valuable about a low-carb diet is that so many of the carbs are not good for us, right? And what, I mean, no one's, you're not supposed to be eating more donuts and pasta yet. So that's okay to cut them out. I know, don't. It's okay to Come cut on. them out, but if people are living all day long on meat and eggs and cheese and thinking they shouldn't have any carbs, your brain is not going to feel good. You know, you're going to feel tired, and you're not going to have enough brain function. I, uh, Kathy, you've already kind of touched on this a little bit, but I was wondering if maybe you can expand a little bit. So we talk about baby steps or small steps. If you need to get going on maybe one or two of the areas that you're lacking, what's a good way to kind of just incorporate getting going? I love to say start with one thing. Start with one, like we talked about four of them, right? So how about pick one of those four that you think sounds most appealing to you right now? And then think of what is one tiny step that you could do towards that and, and kind of keep track of it. I have a lot of clients who um, utilize a whiteboard system where they might have one or two habits that they want to change. And we just, you know, you really, you're just checking them off throughout the week. And it's a big whiteboard and it might be somewhere where it's really obnoxiously visible um, in your daily life so that you're actually seeing it, you're seeing it, it's front of mind as you're trying to change these habits. Um, so I wouldn't recommend trying to change them all at once, doing a complete overhaul. Um, we know that our habits don't change um, that quickly when, we're trying, when we try to do too much too soon. It's, it's really hard, change is hard, getting healthy is hard. Um, we have so many things that we're getting pulled in different directions. So it, it's really valuable to take those, you know, Think about your small steps and not try to bite off more than you can chew at first. Right. Well, unfortunately, we lost the PowerPoint. So I know there's not a place for people can actually see how to reach you, but how can people uh, get in touch with you? Uh, yeah, I would love for people to get in touch with me. Um, I, and what I would like to do, well, first of all, anyone who's registered for this, we have, uh, I can, we can email you the handout. So even though you didn't get to see PowerPoints here, you get to see the handouts. Uh, we promised there were, right? Yes, I mean, they, they were there. Um, but they can get in touch with me. My website is kathyrichards.net, and Kathy is with a C. So um, I would love for you to, to um, visit me at my website. You can also follow me on Instagram or on Facebook at, at Inspiring Vitality. So um, in fact, I just um, I, I filmed a little thing this morning about um, some abdominal strengthening exercises that I was just about to upload to Instagram. 
And um, so I would, I would love to, to have you do that. My book, Boom, is available on Amazon. And, um, you know, Boom is really about some of the things we talked about today. In fact, one of the chapters in Boom is about the four factors that fight fatigue. Um, and, you know, again, my message of it's never too early and it's never too late. So whether you are on the younger side and you know you want to start making changes now so you can age as healthfully as possible, it's a great time to start. If you're already in your 70s, 80s, 90s, whatever, if you make some small changes, it can still impact your quality of life in a positive way. It's never too late. Good. Well, that's a wonderful message. Well, uh, thank you so much for everything, Kathy. A uh, wonderful message. Recommend the book. Once again, the book is Boom, Six Steps to a Longer, Healthier Life. Thank you again, Kathy. Um, Till next time, my name is Jason Kotar, and this is Knowledgeable Aging.